and welcome back to Wires from the Deep, a silo podcast. Today is May 3rd, 2023, and you're listening to episode two, Rabbit Army 10 Years Later. So although we're calling this episode two, this is technically just a rerun. We're having reruns already, Kelly. That's great. I mean, that's good for us, right? <laughs> this is like episode 1.5, 1.7. Yeah. So um, we're just waiting for Friday. <laughs> yeah. So in our first episode, we talked about how 10 years ago, we interviewed uh, author Hugh Howie. And so I dug it up and I listened to it. And after I got past the massive cringe. It was really cringy. It was. Oh, my God. I sound like a literal child. I, I think it's more on us than everyone else. Like I, I, I couldn't handle it <laughs> at first. I shut it off. I was listening to it in my car and I was like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Yeah. And then I got home and I was like, I need to listen to the whole thing. So I got through it. And then I was like, it's actually kind of funny. So I guess we should. <laughs> and it was a good time. Yeah. At first I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, we can put it back out there. We can put it back yeah, out there. But so I listened to it and we actually talk a lot about the um, about wool and like adapting it as a movie, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I mean, I think at one point we t- I told him, oh, please don't. Please don't let like it take 30 yeah. years to be made. We <laughs> <Totally> jinxed it. <laughs> you we jinxed, jinxed it. I know, yeah. <laughs> Just about to say. But yeah, yeah. We, we like had him take a pop quiz and everything. It was pretty funny. So Honestly, though, I'm totally more into like series. Series. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that too because there's so much more room, right? I mean, there's a yeah. whole lot more you can do. With- You're not trying to just like condense some book into like two hours of what you think is important. You can, you yeah. know, even add a little. I mean, it was the same way with uh, Sandman. I don't know if you've read the Sandman comics, but that was a Netflix uh, series last year. And I had been waiting for that to become adapted for like, I don't know, also 30 years mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. like that, or maybe 20. I forget. It was a lot. And then they finally came out with a Netflix show for that last year. Which was Whereas really like awesome. Harry Potter can get like 10 movies and then three years later, they're like, and now we're going to <laughs> make a series. Go, Great. Just so we need this. The kids that played, you know, Harry they're what like my they're way younger than me aren't they i don't even know anymore i don't know but daniel Radcliffe is like having children now and things so i'm just like oh my god yeah (laughs) i guess it's time for a series after all (laughs) yeah so we are just here to just ease into the episode we're just gonna play that and that's about it but before we get to that i just wanted to mention some debut events this week uh that are happening so the subreddits for wool and the silo series so the wool one is for the books and the silo series one is for the show uh so if you're looking for discussion on reddit for that those are the places to go we're gonna have dedicated threads coming up uh closer to the closer to friday and then the official fan group that hugh runs is going to have discussion threads and then there's the down deep discord which i opened earlier this week so look for that i'm going to be moderating a watch party on may 5th from 7 to 9 eastern so be sure to pop in there um you can go to the downdeep.net and there should be a link on the front page for that so yeah, that's about it. Oh, and the wires, uh, wires from deep is now on YouTube. So if you prefer to listen to podcasts on YouTube, you can yeah, just search for us that. there. All right. Okay. So without further ado, here is Endercast, episode seventeen, hosted by Kelly Sivers and the Childlike Empress. <laughs> Seriously, I sound like a kid. Anyway, <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
everyone, and welcome to Endercast, more fun than a game of buggers and astronauts. You are listening to episode 17 called Rabbit Army. Today is June 6, 2013. My name is Crystal from EnderWagon.net, here with my co-host Kelly from EnderNews.com. Say hi, Kelly. Hey, everybody. Alright, so today we are joined by a special guest. Uh, his name is Hugh Howie. He is the author of the Silo series, which began with the book Wool, and the second book is titled Shift, and he has the upcoming conclusion to the series with Dust in August. Say hi, um, Hugh. Hi, Hugh. I totally almost called you Wool. Did you? <laughs> well, I That's guess how everybody she thinks knows. of you in her head. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows my book better than me, which is how it should be, I suppose. <laughs> Anyway, um, for anyone who hasn't heard of it, uh, Wool is a story about a civilization of people that live underground, which is why um, we're calling this episode Rabbit Army, because rabbits burrow underground. Um, but yeah, so they live in an underground silo, and it's it's a story about, <laughs> I don't know, Wool. About, about, people, about people living underground, sheep yeah. living underground. <laughs> Okay, I am just going to say, just to be completely honest, I have not read your books yet. I read your short story, and I I was going along, and I was like, this is awesome. He's going to get... Well, I don't think I should spoil this for anybody. Oh, but can, at the you, end... You can spoil it if you want. Well, maybe. I just... At the end, I was so depressed. I was like, ah, oh, this is not... <laughs> man. And then I, so now I have to read them, because I have to know what happened. But uh, and, really and great. It's weird how that works, how like an unhappy ending makes people want to read more. But, I know. Uh, go, go figure. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just to give a bit of background about the story, it started off as Wool One, which was a short story, which is actually really well contained. Yeah, but really good. Do you want to share with us a little bit about um, about the fan reaction and like what made you write more, basically? Yeah, pe- pe- people just started beg- bugging me for uh, for more of these. I I guess they didn't like the way the first one ended, so they they wanted me to keep going. And um, yeah, I just uh, I dropped what I was doing, um, working on this other novel, and and started writing more in this series. And it's just it's been a pretty wild ride. I've been writing um, stuff in the Silo series now uh, for the last couple of years. Um, I've thrown in a couple of other stories and novels in there, but you know this is what people want and until the next book comes out in August um, and, and wraps everything up uh, and then I can move on to uh, something else. So one of the reasons um, we asked you to come on our podcast, I mean, this is an Ender's Game podcast, but um, it, there, there seems to be a bit of a parallel with you and Orson Scott Card because, I mean, Ender's Game was a short story first and then he expanded it to a full novel later and he eventually wrote a ton of books about it later. So, I mean, what... Do you want to tell us a little bit about what it's like to watch something that's just what starts out as really small and then becomes bigger and bigger and bigger? I mean, what is that like? It's pretty cool. You know, and I, that's something um, I bring up to people who think that this is a really unusual circumstance. But, you know, in, gr- growing up, if anyone asked me uh, what my favorite book of all time was, I would tell them Ender's Game. And it started as the, the battle room. Um, another favorite of mine, Fahrenheit 451, started off as a short story. So with, with science fiction, there's kind of a history of this where you publish a short story in an anthology or a magazine, and if the reaction to it is, re- is really positive, 
you might uh, flesh that out into a, uh, a full-length novel. Uh, well, uh, so there's really um, the market for short fiction, in, especially in the science fiction genre, has really dwindled. There used to be a lot of outlets, and now there's only a handful of magazines, and the rest is online. So I started publishing my short stuff on the, the Kindle store at 99 cents, which is as low as you can price it. And uh, it was, when I saw that was my when that became my best-selling book, I was decided <laughs> I should flesh it out more. By the way, I feel like I should note that uh, Hugh Mead will one free forever. So if any of you want to go and read that, it's free on Amazon, right? Which I just did. It's so good. Yeah, people you guys have to read it. Compare me to a crack dealer now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, do you want to, since you mentioned that Ender's Game, when you were growing up, that was your favorite book. So you want to give us a bit more of your fan background? Like who gave you the book or how did you find it? And how old were you when you read it? Things like that. I think I was 12 when I read it for the first time, and I've, I think I've read it maybe six or seven times since then. Um, oh, and I more than me. I, I, got, I got it in a well. I've got I've got a lot of years on you, so you'll you'll catch up. It's one of those. What's weird? It's one of those books where I, I never. This was the first book I noticed. This the more you read a book, the quicker you can read it, and you're you're you still read every single word, but because you're so familiar with the material, like I can sit and read that book now in probably three and a half, four hours and read every single page. Yeah, I do that as well. Yeah. It's so funny that you say that because, um, you know, nowadays when I tell people to read Ender's Game, like, oh, you can read it in less than a day, like half a day, you know, and like, they're like, you know, it didn't take me half a day. It took me like three days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But by the third time, you're, you're reading it like that. Because um, <laughs> you start seeing it like a movie. It's like your brain processes the words and you're so familiar with it. You see it like a movie. Um, the thing... The thing that I love about books, though, what you're saying is that I can reread books over and over and over, and it's a, it's a comforting thing because like the same mental images sort of form themselves in my head. So like every time I read it, I'm getting like these same pictures, and it gets faster and faster. And and I actually have a friend with whom I live that she doesn't understand how anyone can read a book more than once, and I just don't understand that because I think that we, getting through it once isn't good enough. I totally agree. I, there's another book I've read several times, uh, Battlefield Earth, which has a bad reputation because of um, the the movie is awful and there's a wacky uh, religion associated <laughs> with the, uh, the author. Uh, but it's uh, on Times like top 100 novels of all time list for a reason. And but it's this 1,200 page massive book, and I've gotten now where I can read it in a day. Wow! And it's, it's so comforting. It's like watching yeah. a film, you know. It's funny because, um, you know, I, I've only read um, Battlefield Earth once. My my dad gave it to me. He was like, I want you to read this and tell me what you think. But I, and, and then I know I know later on I found out about the whole Scientology thing. And then I saw the awful movie. But I still really love the book. I, I remember thinking, even at a young age, it was really good. It is such a good book. Yeah. I should... I should buy another copy and <laughs> or buy my own I, copy. <laughs> I went into the Scientology pl- uh, pl- office right on Times Square in New York. Um, I was uh, in town on vacation and I was walking around and I saw the sign. I was like, I am dying to read that book again. I, don't, I think I gave my copy away. I'm going to go in and see if they have it. <laughs> I walk in and they have all this Dianetics stuff, which I think is what started Scientology. And I said, um, you guys have Battlefield Earth? And they like kind of turned their nose up. And I'm like, really? you realize, you're like, yeah, you realize your guy wrote that. 
but like, no, we don't have that. But but they said they started like, but why don't you come and uh, what's your name? Come talk to us. Come in and and they grab my clip and like to fill this out. And I'm like backing out. Like God, the doors could be locked. It's I'm like my wife will never hear from me again. I just wanted a book. It's very creepy. You're wondering if anyone knows where you are. You're reaching for your phone. Yeah. Oh, dear. oh, that's scary. Yeah, you know, I saw a job ad once and, and um, for, for a Scientology thing over here once, and I told my husband, and he's like, don't go to that. <laughs> it would have been an adventure, Crystal. Yeah. I probably wouldn't be here doing Endercast today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway. Is this, is this your 17th Endercast? Yes. It's a little ridiculous. Yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> we're like nope. we're like weekly now meeting up. It's like hey, <laughs> yeah, we started off thinking, oh, we'll do this like twice a month, maybe. Right. And we were like, how are we gonna find anything to talk about? But I don't know. We find things to talk about every week. So, what are your what are your plans for the uh, film launch? Um, oh. you know how that is. It's like a movie comes out. You know, we're going to Comic Con this July. Um. We're hoping to get to speak to some people there, and you know, the closer we get to the film, I think we'll have a bit more success with Endercast, at least when it comes, you know, guests and everything. Um, when it comes to the premiere, we we don't know. <laughs> it's way too early. Nobody schedules anything like that in advance, so we're just kind of it's kind of a day by day thing right now. I think you should be invited to that premiere. You guys should get to. Hey, to go to I think you. We should run with that idea. Yeah, we should like take your your soundbite of you saying that and send no. it to Summit and be like, oh, man, I don't have any. I don't have any power over that. If I did, <laughs> I, if I did, I'd be at the premiere. No, we'd be like, hey, Hugh Howie thinks that we should go. <laughs> That's and they would say, right? Who, who's Hugh Howie? I've never heard of that. Guy. <laughs> oh, so when I read when I read Ender's Game for the first time, I was living in Monroe, North Carolina. And after after I finished it, I started it immediately. It was like, you know, the way kids did with Harry Potter, where you turn, you, you read the last page, and you sit there, and you, your mind is blown, and yeah. you go to the first page. But this time, I read the uh, second time through. I read the um, the forward and realized that this that this author lived in North Carolina, and I couldn't believe <laughs> that. You know, as a young kid, like authors did not live in North Carolina, yeah. as far as I was. Concerned. They're like on some other planet. Where special authors live, and you can yeah, never like, you can never touch them or anything. <laughs> so, For some reason, I thought um, they all lived in big cities. Like they just had. To. Are you a, are you a fan of the subsequent books? Have you like continued reading like into Enderverse or? or I is it Ender's game loved. That- I loved Speaker for the Dead. Uh, I read the, the the original four, and then. Um, right. But I, I've only read them. I've read Speaker for the Dead twice. I've read the other ones once when I was very young, and. That must the, be rough. <laughs> yeah, well, what got me back into it was, um, yeah, I think I would enjoy those more now as an adult yeah. than I did as a as a young kid. I loved the uh, the Shadow series and the Bean stuff. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. I think I think Bean has become like to me a more endearing uh, character overall than Ender. Who, the more I read him, I mean, I still I love Ender to my last breath, but he almost becomes too perfect of a character and his only flaw really is some of his family dynamics and his internal angst over not being like Peter Um, but Bean is so much more flawed and more interesting of a a backstory I think. Have you read Ender in Exile? That one that's kind of new? It it kind of fills the 
It, I actually really like that because it fills the gap between um, at the end of the Ender's two. Game and Seeker yeah. of the Dead. So you see, like, I mean, I think it does bring him a little bit more, like, into character, and so he's not this, like, kind of that, you know, one-dimensional thing where he has stuff going on with his family, and you get to see, like, a bunch of letters he wrote to Graf, and he actually does contact his family at one point, which which I really like. Um, but I agree with you about Bean. Um, we were just talking about the Ender Shadow book, and um, Crystal was saying how, you know, when you see exactly how it did play out at the end, and you see that Bean knew what was going on, and he, you know, they were kind of relying on him, it kind of took away from Ender's um, glory, kind of, because you know that it wasn't all, um, everything wasn't actually resting on his sol- shoulders, kind of. Do you, do you feel that way, like, the back, when you, got, when you get I, to see behind yeah. the scenes? Yeah. Because, I mean, he was, he, uh, Bean was the heir apparent. Um, right. But, you know, I also, having read that book, I don't think Bean could have uh, pulled off what Ender did. I don't right. think they would have. Yeah, I don't he think admits that, right? Well, he says, I didn't have anything. He know? doesn't have the leadership qualities, right? He doesn't exactly. have the ability to have people follow him or want to follow him and stuff like that. So uh, I did get I mean, that. Ender had that. Ender had that problem. Ender had a problem getting people to follow him. It took a while for him to get, for people to get over, even these other kids who were used to getting told by adults, you're, you're too young. They did the exact same thing to Ender. You know, you're too young, you're too small. I feel like Ender's problem was more that he didn't understand that people were his friends and people were following him. I mean, mm. he, he was so isolated um, because of the teachers and things like that. You know, he, he wasn't really ever sure if people were his friends. I think there's at one point in the book where he's like, is Ali my friend? And um, it's such a sad scene. I know. <laughs> oh I know. It's so sad. <laughs> But yeah, so I I don't know. Maybe that lended to some of his humility, or I don't know, or his confidence yeah. as a leader because he was never really sure about that. He just had to assume that they were behind him, or what, I don't know. It's weird because I do prefer. I mean, I I think I prefer Ender, and then I go back and read Bean, and I really like him too. I loved Speaker for the Dead the first time I read it when I was like fourteen. It was so over my head. Like I was like, uh, you know, because it was so different from Ender's game. I didn't really get what was going on. Rereading it as an adult, I think Speaking for the Dead is amazing. That being yeah. said, I didn't really, I didn't really care for how that went in that plot line, but Bean's story on Earth, I thought, was really fascinating. Yeah, the, the, it's amazing that, that that both of those books back to back won the Hugo and the Nebula. It shows, you know, right. that the the critical community and the uh, the readers both came behind both of those books. It's pretty pretty amazing. So going on to my next question. Um, so you were previously a yacht captain, and yet you write science fiction like Wool, and even heavier based on science, the Mollified series. Um, are you uh, a science whiz, or do you have to do a lot of research? Do you have to consult with people? Yeah, I don't do. I don't have to do a lot of research. Um, I, I I really only write within the bounds of stuff that I kind of know. Um, I. I've always been a huge uh, science fanatic and went to school to be a, a physics major before I switched to English. And um, I've always read the science journals and magazines and, and books and nonfiction. So it's just something I've always enjoyed. So you're like right brain and left brain because my whole like mathematical science part of my head is like, I don't even think it exists. I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not I could there. never write a science fiction book. 
<laughs> like when I read them and people are like, the, oh, the science and that is really poorly done. I'm like, I don't even know. Yeah, <laughs> I, sounds good I'm to the me. same way. My, my husband read Earth Unaware and he was like, that was awful. Science was terrible. And I was like, oh, I, oh had, I had I had no what? idea. <laughs> it sounded fine to me. <laughs> so I, I have times where I know the science is wrong, but I write, I like, oh, the story, it has to go this way. And you know, any any story that has uh, time travel in it, I feel like that. I'm like, yeah, this is not, uh, yeah, this is not not good, not right. But I need time travel. I'm going to use it. And uh, it is fiction, so you could stretch yeah, you a can, little bit, it's right? Futuristic, futuristic fiction. I mean, who knows what they figured out by then? That's what I always tell myself. Oh, I'm like, it's the future. I lost you guys. <laughs> what were we talking about? Uh, science. Science. Yeah, um, science. Weren't you saying something, Kelly? Lord only knows what I was saying. I totally messed everything up. <laughs> it's okay. This happens to us all the time. <laughs> yeah, more than we would like to admit. You should have heard our first couple podcasts. They're awful. Oh, I, oh. I, I think podcasts are best when they're when they're unscripted and and uncoordinated and just all over the place. Oh well, we had we had audio issues, so it's like when you listen to it, you're like, "What is she saying?" I think I think at Comic Con, if our internet is working really well, we should totally have live ones so yeah. people can understand. Yeah. Well, where were you guys? Will you just be roaming around during Comic Con, or uh, we're probably uh, going to be camping in line for a whole age? Um, I heard with Comic Con, you stand in line for a long time to like watch it's, a trailer. It's the annual standing in line convention. <laughs> but then, it's, so you watch well, you watch a trailer, and then isn't the trailer on YouTube the next day? Yeah, so I mean, technically, it's cheap, I'm not cheaper to just stay home. But yeah, we want to meet people. I mean, are you good? Do you know if you're going to go yet? That's why I would go. Uh, I can't. I, I was going to go because um, we were going to have a comic book. Uh, well, comic book to announce, but I think it's going to be New York Comic Con that we do that. Okay, so um, one thing I wanted to share was that uh, I, ha- I have a fan site for Wool called The Down Deep, and um, I don't know if I ever told you this, Hugh, but I actually started that while I was visiting the Ender's Game set in New Orleans. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I was working on it on my laptop in the hotel in New Orleans. <laughs> so you, you've been on this? You were on the set while they were filming. Yeah. yeah, we 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 all got to go. Like four sites, we got to go. Um, we we got a huge tour of everything. Like they they showed us everything. They let us touch everything. It was awesome. No way, that's crazy. So yeah. it was so funny yeah, too because I, I I want to hear so much about that. The, um, the guy that um we talked to from Summit, um, I was like, hey, so any chance you're gonna do fan site visits? He's or set visits, and he's like, oh yeah, I'm working on that. I was like, what? I was joking. <laughs> I know I got That's an insane. email one day. He was like, oh, you want to come? I was, okay, listen, I was in Germany, okay, like near Frankfurt and got to go. So it was crazy. And it was just, it was insane. I mean, and they they literally held nothing back. Did you us. did you get to see the cast? Were they, were they filming? Did you get to see yeah, some of them? Yeah, yeah, we got to watch them film stuff. How much of it is, how much of it was set and how much was blue screen or uh, green screen? I don't know how much we can see. Unfortunately, I don't know. Yeah, we're, we're still I under. Oh, you got, yeah, you got under under but, but you know, we're gonna we're gonna be able to talk about it soon. Yeah. Soon. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Can't wait to hear about that. Um, well, crazy. if we if the the wool movie gets filmed, maybe you can use your uh, down deep 
website and say, hey, you know, I covered the uh, covered Ender's game. Uh, you should totally let me on. Yes, it, definitely. Not unlikely. It's not unlikely. That'd be cool. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think we mentioned it, but yeah, Will, uh, Will got picked up by none other than Ridley Scott. Very exciting. Yeah, I hope they um, we should find out something in the next month or so just on, you know, what, what they think of the screenplay and chances of it going forward. So did did um, the director ever officially sign on? I don't know if you can reveal that, but it was Jay Blakeson, right? Yeah, he's uh, signed on and he's written the screenplay. Oh, and awesome. it's, yeah, it's 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 wrapped. I think he's doing some revisions to it, but um, he's See, uh, he's on board. That's gonna be awesome for you. Is you get to go to your own movie set. <laughs> yeah, but that'd be a it'd be a toss up for me. Getting, getting to be on the set of Ender's Game would be right up there with like being on the Wool set. I mean, that's that's a that's it a makes, movie I've wanted them to make for so many years now. It makes my face turn red when I talk about it. Like getting to go. <laughs> I started so turning cool. a little red. <laughs> like, it was the best thing. Well, That's incredible. Please make sure that it doesn't take 30 years for a wool movie to get made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'll, I won't be alive in 30 years, probably. <laughs> it's been a long wait for Ender's Game. If you if you want to um, picture me and Kelly on the set of Ender's Game, just imagine two two uh, young ladies just with their mouths open, gaping up what? and everything. <laughs> One of the funniest things I remember is we were sitting in the video garden where they were letting us watch scenes being filmed and we weren't allowed, you know, obviously to take anything like that sounds like creepy, but I picked up this little string from the floor. I was like, Crystal, tie this around my, my wrist so I can take it with me. <laughs> so I, I, I had that totally little black like, I string. Do. I still have it in a box. It's so funny. I would totally do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so speaking so, of the movie, what did you, if you've seen the trailer, I guess. Oh yeah. Think? I loved it. I loved it, man. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't picture Harrison Ford until I saw him, and then I was like, yeah, it's yeah, perfect. Yeah. The battle room is so much cooler than it was in my head. Yeah. It was yeah, so my head it was so plain. Yeah. My head it was like it was like four walls, white walls, with a couple of cubes in it, the stars. It's, it's so funny that everybody have, says that. They're complaining. People are like, oh, that's not what the battle room is supposed to look like. It's supposed to be a room with four walls in the dark. I was like, that would make a great movie. That sounds yeah. awesome. You Boring. Know? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that that cracks me up when people are like, "Oh my god, it, it looks way more exciting than I, I imagine it to be," and I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I I think there's some people who just should not look at the trailers or go to the movies at all because they're they're never going to be. Uh, you know. I'm I'm like I'm like so forgiving when it comes to films. You know, if I yeah, love the yeah. book, the book is not going to um, change. Even if the movie is bad, like Battlefield Earth. I still enjoy watching it. It's like, okay, those are the characters that I love. I'm getting to see them move around. And yeah, it's cheesy and they, they wreck the plot, but it's, uh, it's, it's still entertaining. It's got camp factor to it. Yeah. yeah. We had Aaron Johnston um, on here last week. He co-authors with Orson Scott Card in the Ender's Game sequels, or the prequels, I'm sorry. And we were just talking about how it's like, it doesn't ruin anything. If you don't like it, then it's not a big deal. You can just go read the book again, you know, which is fun. You get to see the battle room. You get to see everything. There's some cool stuff. Like why everyone's so uptight about it. And I don't really understand that. I think it's exciting. Nothing, nothing will change the book. I've had a lot of people ask me, like, are you going to be involved in the film and don't let them mess it up? I'm like, they can't possibly mess it up. I mean, I've, I've done my, my little thing and it's over there on the, sh- the shelf and they're going to do their thing and it's going to be on the, the screen and 
Well, I don't know. You know, it's... that approach is probably how people, how authors get their movies, get their books made into movies is by just being, you do your thing and I've got my thing. <laughs> I mean, that's an awesome attitude. Do you think, do you think it'll be that easy? I mean, you're saying that now, but do you think like when it comes down to it, when they're like making your movie and they're like changing stuff, are you going to be like, ah, oh, no, or do you just don't care? What do you no, think? I, because it's, and I have this um, same attitude toward other people's work where I, I, I just support both mediums. Uh, I think you can't take a book and turn it into a film because it'd have to be like an eight-hour film. Right, exactly. But um, they've already told me the things that, that need to be done differently, and I totally agree. I mean, so much of Wool takes place in internal narrative. Yeah, that, right. That would, that would be, like with Ender's so Game. Cool. Like with Ender's Game, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you have to, okay, how are we going to have more of an action scene here? and um, How are we going to highlight, you know, this interaction? Uh, Everything that they've they've done with the the screenplay for Wool to change the plot points. As soon as they bring, as soon as uh, Blake's and brought any of that up, I was like, "You're a genius." That's exactly what the way it needs to be. That's really um, good to any, hear. If anything, it makes me wish, like, okay, now the book sucks in comparison. Like, <laughs> the movies be so much better than the book. You know. Now, can you do that? Can you write a book based on the movie afterwards? Yeah, you or could, but I, I think it'd get. I think it would get confusing, but yeah, you certainly could. I mean, people write <laughs> film adaptations all the time. There you go. I mean, it's crazy because the, the, the thing I hear the most often is, I really hope they don't ruin the book. As if when the movie comes out, the, the book just disappears into existence. Or, yeah, it starts you know, to it gets, like, like, marked I'm off. <laughs> yeah, like, it's so yeah. weird to me, but I guess, you know. I think I think for some people it does ruin it in their heads where they see a character differently yeah. now and read it. And yeah. for those people, people just have no don't, imagination. Well, just don't go to the movie. Yes, just don't go. Like I, I've seen some people say that you know they they go back and they read the book and they can only picture Harrison Ford now. So I mean I can see that, but I don't know. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean it's Harrison Ford, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's an upgrade from what, what I was imagining. <laughs> I know. Or, you know, people were talking my, about, you know, he doesn't look fat. Get fat. <laughs> he doesn't gradually get fat in the movie. Oh, my God. Like, it's like the least important thing. <laughs> that Harrison Ford does not gradually become obese throughout the, the plot line of Ender's Game. You know, I've always yes. wondered how he even got fat. I mean, can you get obese on space? <laughs> yeah, I think it was his stress of what he was doing to these kids. You know, he's, he's like, he kept going to the, uh, the zero-G grad... Uh, Ice donut cream. station down the there. So, yeah, the space screen. So I think one way to look at the this the fanaticism that 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 some readers have towards this is a, is that this is a positive thing because oh, yeah. it shows how much people love this material. What would be really bad is if you you had a movie come out and no one cared that they changed anything. Yeah, they were that's like, true. Yeah, who cares? Uh, the book sucked. You know, the movie was uh, better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That, that's my fear. It's like the movie's going to come out and be like, oh, finally, someone took this this rubbish and made it into something entertaining. <laughs> well, I, I don't I don't think that's going to happen because I am a big fan of Wool. So we'll see. We'll see. I just want to see. I want to see something get made. I, I, I can't imagine what it feels like. I mean, Nicholas Sparks knows for sure what it feels like to sit in a theater and see like something you made up on a movie screen. He knows very uh, well. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I would probably have to like, I, I mean, I don't know. I think I will probably go see it two or three times the first day if, if something <laughs> happens. Or maybe I just say that because I'm so distant from it. Once it comes out, 
you know, you'd see it one time and be sick of it. I, can't, I don't know. I can't imagine. I wonder if Orson Scott Card will go and see it three times in one day. Yeah, he probably gets to have some kind of private screening. Oh, yeah. Aaron Johnston um, was on here last week, and he's seen a cut of the movie. So we're guessing like that the producers were invited to some sort of private showing, which means Orson Scott Card has probably seen it, at least probably, as well. So, so you might get to see it way before. So would you want to go see the movie because you want to see like audience reactions or just because you want to just watch it over and over? <laughs> I, yeah, I think... I think just to watch it over and over again. I I don't know. I, maybe it, maybe it'll be different if it, you know, once it finally comes out. Because I probably will have already seen it before it hits the theater. Um, you you said that you you like to people watch, yeah. Yeah, you know, it would be fun to like to be in the theater afterwards and be like, oh my god, it's so much better than the book, you know, or <laughs> or that's not what that's supposed to be like. Yeah, now, I don't know. Now, what would you do if you went to the theater to see your film or you know the film? And everyone in the theater was like, what is this nonsense? <laughs> would you be upset? <laughs> what would you, what would you uh, do? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I would try to You would stand up and be like, it. I'm Howie. I would not, there, there, I would there not there do be, that. <laughs> there would be people posting on you know, I went to see this movie, Wool, and like, there's this guy that broke down crying after I said something mean about <laughs> the movie. <laughs> Actually... You know, my when I go to my theater, it's only usually a handful of people in the audience, even if it's a like the Avengers and stuff like that. So um, I can't imagine there being a lot of people in there. Oh, well, I, um, I live in a very big city, so when I go to the movies, there's like two hundred, three hundred people in there with me. So, well, part of um, part if they do make the movie, I get to, and I'm, I'm assuming they never will. I'm seeing all this stuff; it's like a fantasy. I, my assumption is the movie will never get made. But if they did, I get uh, a one-week on-set vacation where I get to, um, you know, like you guys did, I get to do a set visit but stay for a week. And so the, the part of the thrill for me will be sitting there and watching the credits go by and be like, oh, the key grew up? Like, oh, yeah, Jeremy, I remember him. Like, we used to hang out at the craft services table and, like, and eat Oreos together. Uh, so, you know, the credits will take on a whole different meaning. Um, right. my, my sister works in on a TV show and, and she says that she's worked on a lot of films and she says, those are the people who stay and watch the credits, the people who work in the industry and know people. Oh yeah. On the you sc- know, I've heard that too. When, um, when, cause battleship was filmed here. And so a lot of the locals were extras and they were saying that all the extras and all the crew who worked locally, they were all, um, they, they all stayed to the very end just to look at all the names. Yeah. It's so cool. I, I just saw that film for the first time, and the first thirty minutes, I was like, "What is this?" And then I really enjoyed it. By the end, I thought it was a it was a fun film. It did horrible in the theaters, though. Well, I can kind of see why, but I mean, I only saw it because of the the, the actors. So, <laughs> all right, um, I we need to move on to our pop quiz. Oh yeah, okay. I forgot we were doing that. So excited. I'm going to be so bad. Okay, so we structured these questions assuming that you hadn't read it in a few years, but then you said earlier that it only takes you several hours to read it. So have you brushed up on it? No, I should have. I should have read it before this. (laughs) I'm horrible with like proper nouns, so I won't remember. No, but but that's good because we made it easier for you. It's 
Oh. I, the, first, the first question is, I think, absurdly easy. If you don't get this right, I think we should just hang up the call. Okay. <laughs> now, Crystal, if he doesn't get it right, we have to edit that yeah, out, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> no, you just have to okay. hang up on it. That'll be the best ending. Like, it'll just go, go completely That was too howie, everyone. Some, somebody's going to come to your house and confiscate your Ender's Game fan card and everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh god you got me nervous i'm like sweat okay. here okay here's the wait, wait, just wait, wait, wait. we need to explain it okay, okay. so it's called pop quiz fart eater and oh. we're going to ask you five questions in increasing difficulty and if you can get at least two and a half out of five so sometimes we award half points that's why okay. if, if you can get 2.5 out of or yeah, if you can get 2.5 out of 5, then you'll become a commander. And if not, then we're going to have to put you on our fart eater list. Uh, I don't mind being a fart eater, so let's see how it goes. Good. <laughs> a good attitude. All right, first question. Are you ready? Yeah. What is Ender's <sighs> sister's name? Oh, my God. I'm not going to blink on that. Um, no. Ender's sister's name. Uh, I know she writes as Demosthenes. Okay, Peter is the brother. Yes. Valentine. Oh. There we go. I was really worried that you were going to get that wrong. <laughs> well, this is like sure. proper nouns. Too, my... I was like, oh my God, all that joking got him really nervous. So, <laughs> no, really, when I write my um, any any book I've ever written, I've always messed up one of the names of my own character somewhere in the rough draft. Really? And my, my, my wife will find it. She'll, and they'll be like, do you mean so-and-so? Yeah. <laughs> and a couple times it survived into publication. I'm horrible with proper nouns. So let's, let's ask me another uh, another name question. You're at, you're one out of five right now, so you're doing well. Uh, you gave well me a really easy one. Yeah, but hey, Crystal, what's the next question? All right, thanks for the gimme. All right, so question two. Dap refers to himself as a launchies what? Uh, mom. That was so much faster. Yeah. It, is, it is the proper noun thing. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, I really am. I, I think I have some kind of disability with it. I concentrate. When I meet people, I concentrate on their name. And I no matter how hard I concentrate, instantly. I forget it immediately. Yeah. yeah. When, remember, I, when I read sometimes, are. a name is just a shape to me. It's like, especially if it's a weird hmm. name. It's like, I don't even sound it out of my head. It's very strange. Right. All right, question three. What are the names of the co-hosts of Endercast? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Get on my Skype. What's my name, Hugh? What's my name? Callie okay. and Crystal. That's okay. my right. So you, you don't get any points for that, sorry. No. Okay. All right, question number three. Are you ready? Yeah. What army does Bonso trade Ender to? Uh, let's see. He's on... He gets he gets a dragon. That's the one they bring out of retirement for them because right. they, they never won. He sends him to rabbit. I got that wrong. That's oh, Sal so, is it salamander? No, no, no. no. It was so salamander. close that it was rat army because bones was the commander of salamander, and then he went to rat. I don't. But I that's okay. Get, I, I don't want any points for that. that I just want to fuck. We're not, we're not giving you the only word you got right was army, which doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> We're not that generous. But you're still at two, so you're doing really well. Yeah, you just have to get one more of the last two really hard questions. Okay. Or half. Which, <laughs> again. 
Alright, question four. Ender eventually discovers that command school on arrows used to be used as what? Oh, that was a it was a mining uh, asteroid. They had tunneled it out. No no. They they used to live there. The um Ew. buggers used to live there. Oh, I'm thinking of the Holy cow, you saved yourself there, man. Yeah. About, think about the asteroid that he ends up in. Where it ended, Command right? school, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got it right. That's why the, that's why the tunnels are different because they used to, uh, the buggers used to live there. Right. They yeah. use it as a base when they invaded Earth and everything. Yeah, that sounds like a half point, maybe. No, I, no, you know, I you think, got it right. I think you were good. Yeah, you were good. So you are actually officially a commander, but we want to do question five anyway. So see how smart you are. We need to have your score. Right. All right. So question number five. He, he's what? actually doing pretty good, though. We should give him my extra hard question. <laughs> oh, well, this one's pretty hard. We can ask him the extra hard question question afterward. All right. Okay. okay. What position is Graf given after his court martial? Um, he's demoted, but it's a way to get him to uh, the ship with Ender, so that they can fly off together. And mm-hmm. what is it like? A we we want you to give us his title. Yeah, he's he's well, working up to it. I don't think I'll be able to get that. Um, uh, what are they doing on the ship? What are they headed off to do? That's a hint for you. Oh, that's right. They give him... That's such a heck of a um, clue. Um, they make him uh, like planetary governor of the of the new planet, right? Um, no. He is... Um, he's made minister of colonization. Minister? Okay. Yeah, I'd never have gotten that. Yeah. That's you actually question. find out in Ender of Exile that Ender is made. Well, I don't, I'm going to spoil this for you. He was made governor yeah, of a new planet. Thanks, and thanks yeah. a lot, Kelly. You're welcome, everybody, everyone listening. <laughs> I haven't Ender read that governor. yet. You <laughs> can beep it out. I mean, not out of our brains. Yeah, like, I can't you want. beep it out. I haven't read the book. So thanks. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so what's the, what's, what's the harder question than that? Oh, Crystal, you want to um, read that? All right. What is Ender doing at the moment? When did I word that? Okay, what is Ender doing when Valentine arrives on Eros? Oh, he's um. Wait, oh no! For some reason, I was thinking of when they visited in that pod, and he was on the the raft. Um, it's very obscure. If you get this, then I think you're a genius. Yeah, I had to go look this up in the book. <laughs> yeah, I would say he's like weaving a basket. I don't know what was he doing. He was <laughs> weaving a basket. <laughs> I mean, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of Alvin Maker, I think. <laughs> knitting, Alex. Knitting. Ah. No, he, he oh my god! Knitting. I'm joking. I'm no, joking. he he like has like a background in knitting. You didn't know Who? that though, right? Hugh, no. his his like mom owns like a yarn shop or something. Really? Right? I'm, I'm a horrible I'm, knitter though. I'm so what, no, but what, what was he doing? He was installing the shield on a ship's ansible. Oh. That was going to yeah. be the next obscure answer. Obscure right? and hard. That is very obscure. You were going to go straight from he was weaving a basket to, oh, to, he was installing. Yeah. No, I was never going to get that. <laughs> but that was a really good try. I wouldn't even have guessed. <laughs> Ender and basket weaving. 
All right, so you are a commander. Congratulations. You guys don't have much um, scale there. It's like commander or fart eater. I know. Yeah. Hit or miss, really. I like it. I like it. Oh, actually, you know, Aaron Johnson last week did um, mention that because I think he what was his score, Kelly? Was it 2.5? It was 2.5. He was yeah, saying so that he could be the commander on. of the Fart Eaters. Yeah, we were going to ah. give the Fart Eaters a leader. But, a bit, what, so what, what questions did you give him? I have to go listen to the podcast. What, I, I would have to go look. Yeah. I don't know. Do you want to do his quiz? No, I don't want to get competitive with him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll listen to the podcast. All right. So, um, yeah, that about wraps it up. Uh, we really want to thank you for coming on and joining us and talking Ender's Game with us. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. Yeah, um, thank you so much. I'm so jealous of both of you to have been on the set. And uh, it'll be uh, fun to see the film. I keep, uh, I'll keep following the podcast and, and watch you guys ramp up your excitement until the movie comes out. Yeah, when and, um, our set visits are allowed to be posted, I'll send you a link and stuff like that so you can go look at it. They they took one picture of us, which we still haven't seen like a year later. So I'm just scared that they did, don't have it. <laughs> That's like the only evidence that we were actually uh, there. We weren't allowed to like, you know. You've also got the, the black string. And and we were allowed to keep those badges. Um, press badges which i was so excited about i was like please let me take these i just need because it has my name on it and it has like where they filmed and it says ender's game and press and it just makes me so happy when i look at it yeah i, was I, so I would carry mine around <laughs> in my purse total proof in my back pocket <laughs> yeah all right so we want to thank everyone for listening to our show uh, you can catch all our past episodes on our website, www.endercast.com, and you can also find us on iTunes. We, you can follow us on Twitter at, at @egendercast, and that's our Facebook name as well. Um, and thank you for listening, guys. Thanks for having yeah, me. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, guys.